Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. In the book of Isaiah chapter 53 is where I bring my text today. I'm not going to keep you long today because I'm hungry. And I get a witness from somebody else in the building. It just comes over me every now and then. I don't know what it is. It just comes over me. Isaiah 53 in verse 1. Very familiar portion of scripture. Prophecy from the prophet Isaiah about our Lord. It says, Who hath believed our report? And whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up. He shall grow up. Just like these children today, they are going to grow up. He shall grow up before him as a, what? Tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. And it goes on and tells the story of him. In James chapter 5, verse 11, if you would turn there as well, in reference to the Lord of who He is as an adult and as now, it describes Him this way. Behold, we count them happy which... What? Some of you still turning your pages. I'll give you a minute. A moment. James 5 and 11. Behold, we count them... What? Happy which endure... Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. The end of the Lord. That the Lord is very pitiful. Now, if I looked at you and said, you look pitiful, you'd walk away saying, he's a terrible pastor. I can't believe he told that to me. It's not what it means the way and the connotation is how you would hear that. It means he shows much pity. When it says he's full of showing pity or kindness. That's what it means. It says, look at your neighbor and say, you're pitiful. <laughs> you're pitiful. That the Lord is very what? Pitiful and of tender mercy. I like to preach from, for about one word today and it's simply tender. Tender. Before we pray, I want to say that we are very saddened by the passing passing of Treg Hodge. Uh, Just a couple days ago, he passed away. It grieves my heart. Uh, I was here just a few weeks ago, and I even caught him up on the platform, and he was praying. And uh, I'm sad today to tell you that he's passed. When we hear about the services, we'll let you know. And uh, I see Brother Derek here today, and I know that's his um, cousin, and Sister Betty Hodge. Sister Betty, we love you. Whole Hodge family. We're so thankful for you. Been praying for you. We're going to continue to pray for you right now. And as a congregation, we'll pray for you, Brother Derek, and this entire family. Would you lift your hands and let's pray for the strength and the comfort during this time. Lord, we pray today that you do a sovereign work in this family to help strengthen Jade and Burgundy, Robin and Craig, And I pray that you would do a work in their life during this time of loss. Treg's children and 
touch Sister Hodge today. We pray that God, you would grant her much strength. In Jesus' name we pray. We depend on you, Lord. Amen. Just can't go anywhere and take these types of cares too. We heard that today. But you can cast all your care on him for he what? Amen. Now before you see, look at your neighbor and say, he cares for you. You may be seated. I looked up the word tender. Uh, in our culture, if you looked at a guy and say, you're pretty tender. You know, it would not be a compliment at all. Uh, he's a little tender. That, that doesn't come across well. And doesn't make you feel manly when somebody says you're tender. Neither would it feel, says, you know, you're very sensitive. Uh, that would mean that you are uh, easily offended in our culture. Now, I would say to you today that there is a benefit of being tender. A benefit of having sensitivities. What do you mean? It's a danger to become hardened. It's a danger to become calloused. To go through life and let things change really who you are to where you can't feel anything, good or bad, because you were wounded and hurt through the circumstances of life. The artist Rembrandt drew a picture, unlike many artists, he drew a picture, a painting of himself. And in the painting, Rembrandt, uh, as a young man, he painted himself looking in the mirror and... Um, and stored it away. Twenty years later, after his life was ravished by sin, he drew a second picture. And you could see that painting. If you want to look it up later, you can. But the difference in the two paintings is, is quite different. In the young painting of himself, his skin is smooth and, and young and tender, if you will. But due to choices, it aged him. In twenty years, he looked so different. Because choices will determine outcomes. And when I held the two beautiful babies today with white hair nearly, standing up here with them in my arms, you could see flawless skin. But with time, that skin's going to change. It will. If you're in the deep south and you're out in the sun a lot, it's going to cause tender skin to become wrinkled and worn. Even if you're in a windy area, a windy place will the friction, just mere wind. How many's ever been wind burnt? Out in the wind, not just cold, but out in the wind long enough. Your skin will parch and it'll turn red almost as if you've been sunburnt. Just the mere moving of the wind of life. It has the ability that what it does on the outside, life can also do on the inside. I haven't come to preach about your skin, nor either have I come to talk about your wrinkles or your crow feet. But what I have come to talk to you about is you. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The spirit of a man, the Bible says, sustaineth his infirmities. And the Bible says a wounded spirit who can bear. There's a part of you that 
that, that produces the smile on your face or the frown that you have or the emotions that you produce. It's really who you are. It's not just how you appear, but it's the who on the inside. And when you look at the story of Isaiah 53, he's prophesying of the storm that Christ would go through. And he paints this beautiful picture about the Lord, talking about that when he is born, for he shall grow up, how? Before him as a tender plant. When you study the word tender, the tender, the word tender actually means plant. It's sort of just joined in with that. There's words like, how many read through scripture? His tender mercies. Tender mercies, that's really just one word. It's separated two to try to get you to understand it. But the word tender also comes from a root word spleen, which we get the word spleen from. It's the word spleen. And one artist drew a picture of the spleen because the spleen looks in design, the heart valves and the blood flow of the spleen looks like a tree of life. And out of that spleen, we get the word spleen and spleen, the way the veins begin to move. And that's where we get the word tender out of. And I want to say to you today that when you are growing up, you grow up as a tender plant. Children are very emotional. Children have great faith. Children believe in others around them. Children believe in a, in, a, in a big chubby guy with a, 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 a big white beard and he's got a sleigh and a reindeer and he's going to go around the world in milliseconds and drop off uh, presents all over the world to all the kids on the good list. And they have faith in that. And they can believe for great things. And that's why they love superheroes. And I remember when Sawyer was just a little boy, he would, he had, you know, I, I love Superman growing up. Any Superman fans as kids. And I remember one, one Christmas, I've got a Superman outfit, even with the cape. I would jump from couch to couch and my cape would wave in the wind. And, and my pajamas were too tight. I remember that. They were a little bit too tight. They, and, uh, but I was jumping to the, through the couch to couch. It was one of my favorite gifts because for my, I even dreamt about being Superman flying off of the elementary school one night. I literally dreamt it and came out and rescued the cute girl that was in my second grade class. <laughs> you know, children, children, you dream of becoming better than you are and having more and you believe in great things. And the Bible says, so even us, if we will have childlike faith, Believing for things beyond our limitations. But if we're not careful, we'll let the wrongs of life, the storms of life, to weather us down and wither our faith down. What used to be so tender becomes a dry branch to where you can't picture a better day. You can't picture things ever becoming better than what they are because what began as a smooth-skinned baby growing up with life ahead of it has now become weathered part skin because of the storms of life that have now taken your tenderness and caused it to become dry and hard. But I come to preach to you today, you don't have to die hard and broken and withered and frail. You can get your faith back. You can get your joy back. You can get your peace back again. Somebody say amen. And I preach to you, don't you let circumstance remove your faith. 
Don't you let the storms of life, don't let the rejection of people cause you not to become who God designed you to become. You've got to stand up and say, I will remain tender and believe what God has for my life. No matter what opposes me, no matter what comes my way, no matter what I got to go through, I will remain tender. Tender. Don't ever stop believing. Don't ever stop believing. And I have, I have been in places where people gave reports of the greatness of God. And I've seen in the circles of people that had lost their tenderness. And they start questioning, do you really believe that happened? Do you believe that miracle really took place? Do you believe that many people received the Holy Ghost? You know why? There was a moment in their childlike faith. And I'll put it this way. They might be 40 years old and have childlike faith. Just got in the church, born tender to things. They're, they're sensitive to things. Oh, they believe anything. God can do anything. And oh, until you get around, around the wrong people, start putting that down. Oh man, I don't want to be, you know, uh, J.T. Pugh told the story, Brother Pugh told a story about two plants that they grew and they were doing a study, scientists were doing a study. And one of them they, one of them they talked down to and they ridiculed and, and the other one in the other room, they encouraged and talked about how great it was and great compliments toward the plant that they complimented grew three times faster than the plant they discouraged. The power of a spoken word. And what I say to you, I have been in circles to where people question the greatness of God. And I just made my mind up a long time ago that if somebody talks about something God did, I'm just gonna believe it whether it happened or not because he can do it if he wanted to. I don't want to become hardened. I don't want to become insensitive because a man, he can create the heaven and the earth in six days. Do you believe it? He can throw stars off his finger. He can do whatever he wants to do because he's God. How many believe he's God and he's able? Clap your hands and praise him. I've learned when it comes to the things of faith, it's better to be gullible than skeptical. Amen. Somebody say amen. It's better to trust God than to not. And so life has a tendency when you are disappointed. It's like the the sun beating on you, the sun of life. It's like the storm of life beating against your tender skin to cause it to become weathered. I I look down and sometimes I walk in the house and been working outside or working on some project. I'll go home and Finn, Finn, my kids find me every night. If they don't, I find them. I love it to go in and they sit on my lap and sit beside me on the couch and hang out. I love it. Every now and then I'll come in and they'll look down and they'll see a busted knuckle and they'll see a scab on there and they'll say, Dad, oh, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Fins grab my hand one day. Dad, how did you do that? You got one, two, three. Started counting the marks in my hand where there had been blood and pain. And he said, what did you do? I said, I didn't even know I did it. I didn't know what happened because I'm tough. You know, your dad's tough, don't you, Finn? I mean, no, I didn't even know what happened, but when I was six years old, everybody would have known it happened. Mom! Mom! Come on, can I get a witness of some real people in here? Uh, I got it. I've, I've got it, something on my knee. You, oh, mom's devastated. She's pulling your pants leg up. Think it's going to be, you got to go to the hospital in the ER and rolls it up. And my dad would say, boy, I got bigger places than my eyeball. I don't know what that meant, but... It's say toughen up. Life has a tendency, and if you're in the building today and you're older, I'll let you just find the age. 
But you look down, somebody will look at you and say, you know you got a bruise on your arm. Well, I didn't know how to, you look down, well, I wonder where that bruise came from. You didn't even know you bumped into the freezer that the refrigerator, you hit the, you didn't even know it. You didn't even feel it. Why? Because the older you get, the less tender you become. When you were calling for a Band-Aid and calling for help and reaching out, now you're hurting and don't know it. Now you're bleeding and you don't know it. Because your skin becomes tougher with life. He grew up as a tender plant. Somehow, through everything he went through, the Bible says, when it was the end, I read, Behold, we count them happy which endure. James 5 and 11. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. And what does it define him as in his end? That the Lord is very pitiful or very much compassionate and what? And a tender mercy. In 33 and a half years of dealing with life and rejection and sorrow, he remained sensitive and tender to who he was supposed to be as the Son of God. I say to you with great conviction, don't let life cause you to become insensitive, lose your compassion and your tenderness to feel what you're supposed to feel. You're quiet because you're thinking. Come on, do you want to become hardened? Isaiah records it in this manner. It goes from being tender plant, and then it says, He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see Him, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. Verse 3 goes right out of the gate. It says, He was despised and rejected. But you know what? He remained tender. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, but... Everybody say remained tender. Come on, y'all gonna do a better job on that. I'm hungry. Man of sorrows acquainted with grief, but it remained. And we hid as it were our faces from him, but he, he was despised and we esteemed him not, but he remained. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, but he, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he remained. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him, but he remained tender. With his stripes we are healed because he remained tender. Amen. He, he could have said, enough of these heathens, enough of these people that rejected me, enough of humanity that every, I try to do good and they walk away. But he didn't. He kept on believing in them when they walked away from him, when they crucified him, when they spit in his face. He didn't let what they did to him keep him from loving them. That's why he's full of pitifulness and that's why he's full of tender mercies. You can be saved today not because you're, you're good, but because he remained tender. You can be delivered today not because you're perfect but because he remained tender. I don't want the hurts of life to keep me from being tender. I don't want to ever lose the ability to cry, Brother Noah. I don't want to lose my ability to feel. 
I don't want to lose my ability to love and to care. There was so I was going through something, it doesn't bother me anymore because I've been weathered by moment after moment after moment. I called my dad a while back and I said, I need help. I called Bishop White a while back and I said, I need help. I've preached so many funerals in a row. I've preached so many funerals in a row. I deal with the pain and the agony and weeping with the families. It felt like the wind was blowing in my face of the storms of life. I felt like I was becoming calloused. I don't want to ever get to a place where I become callous to the people that I pastor. I don't want to ever become nonchalant, mediocre, complacent, just got to put the face on. I come to tell you today, we've got to do everything we can to remain tender before him and to care for one another. Don't you let the tragedies of life stop you from being who you are. That's why forgiveness is imminent. That's why forgiveness is necessary. It's not only important, it's imperative. You can't live without forgiveness because with no forgiveness, we'll become hardness. We'll become callous. We'll become not what God wants us to be. I was saying it the other day. I don't know who I was saying it to, but when Jesus on the cross and they despised him, rejected him and crucified him. Oh my goodness. My devotion two days in a row was trying to figure out the mindset of Pilate. I was trying to figure out how in the world he could say, I find no fault in him and then turn him over and say, here's your king, crucify him. I, I, I was trying to get in his head. I couldn't figure, I still haven't got him figured out. And Jesus there, they turned him over and crucified him. They nailed him to the cross and Jews screaming, crucified and Roman soldiers nailing him to the cross and rejecting him and mocking him and taking his garment. Only thing he owned was the garments on his body. They taken gamble for it at the foot of the cross. Oh, everything he has stripped away from him. He's hanging there in pain and agony. And he cries out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The scripture emphatically tells us he didn't have to stay on the cross. He could have came off of that cross. He could have called 10,000 angels down to set him free and destroy the earth and clean it out and start all over again. But he didn't do it. You know what he did? Forgive them. You know why? He chose to remain tender. He chose to remain sensitive when everything was against him. The Bible says, and all we like sheep have gone astray, but we should remain. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him, speaking, speaking of Christ, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, but he remained tender. He was afflicted, but he remained tender. Verse seven says, yet he opened not his mouth. And that's what puzzled Pilate. He said, I've got power to set you free and I've got power to crucify you. And Jesus said, you don't have power nor neither. He said, you don't have power. I'm here because I choose to be here. I'm going to go through this storm because there's some people I want to deliver. I'm going to go through this pain because there's some people I want to set free. The Bible says he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. You know why he did it? So Buster Gladman could come out of a 17-year addiction and preach the gospel on a Sunday morning. That's why he went to Calvary. I will not get hard. I will not become hardened. I will not become calloused. People are going to walk away. Everything's not going to be perfect, but I will remain tender. Stand to your feet and clap your hands and say, I will remain tender. Remain standing. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, but he remained tender. As a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth because he remained tender. He was taken from prison and from judgment, but he remained tender. Amen. And who shall declare his generation? 
for he was cut out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. Was he stricken, but he remained tender. He's paying the price for somebody else's mistake. Grew up in an abusive home. Grew up with brokenness. Grew up with people walking out of your life. But you got to make a decision. I'm going to remain tender. I'm going to remain tender. I will not lose my sensitivity. Because if you lose your sensitivity, your tenderness, you'll get to a place you can't even feel God or the people that you love. I'm not up here by myself, am I, today? How many can relate with what I'm preaching about? Come on. I'm talking to real people. I'm preaching to real people. Tinder. Come to the music. Amen. He made his grave with the wicked, with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. And he still chose to remain what? Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He shall justify the sinner because he chose to remain tender. What was a broken past becomes a healing future. I'm not going to be defined by what happened yesterday. I'm going to become tender to what I'm going to do tomorrow. It says, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many. And made intercession. (laughs) He made intercession for the transgressor. Can't be an intercessor if you can't feel. There's no way to separate an intercessor from sensitivity. No way to do it. Because if you have no emotion, you cannot be an intercessor. Because intercessors can feel the heart of God at the same time. Come here, Rowan. Come up here. You're going to be a sinner for a minute. Give my hand. I'm, going, I'm reaching for you. While I'm holding on to God, go, go a little bit further, a little further. I feel the pain of the sinner. Can't do that if you're hardened. Can't do that if you're a dry branch. You can only feel God and feel the need of a person that's in pain and suffering if you're tender. How do I become unhardened? The Bible says He'll take out your stony heart He'll give you a heart of flesh, which means a tender heart. Start all over. Israel become hardened by Babylon. They'd become hardened by Nebuchadnezzar rejection. They'd been demoralized by the enemy. Their hearts were hardened. The Lord said, if you'll turn to me, I'll give you a heart of flesh. Can I tell somebody you can love again? You can care again. You can minister again. You can have a ministry again. 
but you'll never truly intercede or be a minister unless you're tender. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be pitiful and have tender mercies. If you're dealing with what I'm preaching about, I want you to come. Uh, I do. Uh, I preach to people that are going through every week something different. You can go back to your seat, buddy. But if you're here right now and you're dealing with what I'm preaching about, I want you to come. Come on. I didn't preach this for no reason. The Lord spoke to me and told me to preach on the subject of sensitivity. There's, there's plenty more in the building. But your act of obedience to the Lord is going to heal your heart. I don't want to ever lose what God called me to do. Hallelujah. It's, a, it's an amazing step of faith. It takes boldness and faith to get out of your seat and come. It really does. What you're saying is, I want to feel again. There's more. There's more. I'm not going to beg you to come, but I think you should. The death caused the hardness. The divorce caused the hardness. The sickness caused the hardness. The economic loss caused hardness. Somebody walked out of your life that you were so dependent on and it caused hardness. Came a dry branch instead of a tender branch. Everybody say, he grew up tender branch. I, I wrote in my, wrote in my notes. And obviously, I'm closing. When Matthew, Matthew records that when his branch is yet tender, you know that summer's on the way. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be yet tender. The cry is a gift. The cry is a gift. And uh, right now, I want you to tell the Lord, I, I don't want to be hardened any longer. Everybody in the building, I want you to just reach out to the Lord. Everybody in the altar. Say, I've been hurt. I've had the winds of life, death. People walked out of my life. People hurt me. I was despised and rejected. Talked about and ridiculed. All way I knew to cope was to harden my heart. I don't want to be hard-hearted. I don't want to be compassionless. I don't want to be careless any longer. Come on, the Lord's doing something in you. There's many people. I want you to ask God to forgive you and say, Lord, I did it wrong. I should have come to you. But I did my own thing. Lord, I pray for each one in this room that they know who they are because we've all known when that moment happened. We're no longer sensitive. Couldn't feel the way we used to. I pray for a revival of tenderness. Those gifts of the Spirit are going to follow this meeting. 
Because people are going to be able to feel what you're doing and hear what you're saying again. Word of the Lord is going to become clear. Decisions are going to be more instantaneous. Because sensitivities are going to happen. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would do a great work in everybody in the building. Lord, some of them have lost spouses, friends, children, grandbabies. They've lost jobs and careers, ministries. Some of them have lost faith and lost trust. But God, today is going to be a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your hands to the power of God. He's going to touch everybody in the room that needs it. Put your hands and receive the of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is refreshing over your mind. Hallelujah. There's a refreshing over your mind and your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.